You're listening to a CanadianMovieCrew.com production. Ready to Rumble is the story of two idiots helping their favorite wrestler get back to the top. Or is it? Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble! Welcome back to the Yours at Movie Podcast, where we try to find the real story behind the story. I'm Derek. And I'm ashamed of you, Derek. I think you should have put a little more pizzazz into that. We got the great Michael Buffer in this movie. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen and children of all ages, welcome to the Or Is It podcast. Something like that, right? Let's get ready to podcast. Oh, I didn't want to say rumble because I didn't want to get sued. But anyway. I was going to say, yeah, that's why I didn't do it because I didn't want to get sued. Um, <laughs> and I mean, he's, right. <laughs> he's very protective of this trademark. Did you notice he changed anyway? We'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joining us today um, in studio is Studio Four in Ottawa, Ontario. Uh, the, basically, the comedy condo. Uh, Wait, may, may, may I do this one? Go ahead. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, making his way to the microphone, hailing from Texas. You know him, you love him, Scott. Why? <laughs> Let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. It's a wrestling episode. <laughs> I saw this movie in the theaters. Ah. Yes. So really? Derek, he presented this to us. He said, I got two movies. One is Ready to Rumble, and one is The Garbage Pail Kids. And the internet is full of Garbage Pail Kids reviews. And, yeah. Uh, and so I thought that's been done a lot. Let's go with Ready to Rumble. The movie is an hour and forty-five minutes. Why is this movie so long? <laughs> For so long? This was a quick one forty-five. Are you kidding? Yeah, really. In post Lord of the Rings, I mean, buck forty-five is it's nothing. <laughs> oh. I'm barely getting comfy in my seat. You know. <laughs> yeah, Oppenheimer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to this because this is a long list. Uh, we can welcome to the show Scott Kahn, Joe Pontigliano, which I thought we he's been on the show before, but apparently not. Wait, did we do Daredevil? We did do Daredevil, so, so he is a welcome, welcome back. back, Joe Pants. Yep. <laughs> uh, Martin Landau. Yeah. Caroline Ray. Uh, Melanie Paxson and. Shocker that he's not been on this show before. David Arquette. Yeah, how have we not done a David Arquette movie? I mean, over on our retrospective, he was, of course, part of Scream. Scream, of course, but... But never on Or Is It? Yeah. Um, I guess we'll get to him, I guess. Uh, but we can't welcome back, and here's... Some of these are, are, are double offenders here. So Oliver Platt, from both mm. Lake Placid and 2012... <laughs> uh, Rose McGowan, who was in, uh, who was in uh, Encino Man. Oh, that's right. Uh, Richard Linebeck, who I believe was his father in this movie. He was yeah. both in both Twister and Speed that we did. Uh, yeah, uh, but sort of, you know, <laughs> I, I, sort of. Um, and Chris Owen, aka the Shermanator from She's All That. That's right. Then I have Gowan. Didn't she get in trouble for something? Like she she tweeted something. I believe she was uh, one of the forefronts of the Me Too movement. 
Okay. I thought she got – I actually thought she got canceled for something or – I, 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 You know what? So, so many people get canceled for everything these days. Right. I have no idea. We'll take a look. Um, yeah, oh. from 2000, this one – very reminiscent of the 90s comedy American Pie road trip movies. Yep. This is, uh, to me, this is sort of a carbon copy of Dumb and Dumber. It kind you, of is. You get the two idiots, yeah. you, get the, you, get the road, you get the road trip. Um, you know, he's, in Dumb and Dumber, they're trying to find, you know, his one true love. Here they're trying to... To help a wrestler, so it's it, it seems it's a to me it's just a clone of of Dumb and Dumber, but just not as good. Just nowhere near as good. Yeah. This movie, I watched this movie last night around two in the morning, <laughs> right before Derek sent his gay porn joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I just realized that uh, we set that up in another podcast, so no one knows. You're referencing. Nope, I'm going to leave it right yeah. there. We're going to leave it right there. So Derek just sent out a gay porn joke at three in the morning and we'll figure that out. And it's like, it was like, it's already, this movie is already escaping from my brain. It's just so hard. It's like nothing really happens. But a lot of poop jokes happen. A lot. An egregious amount when you're trying to have dinner while watching the movie amount of poop jokes. Yes. It's just, it was gross. I did not finish my meal. Uh, (laughs) Just, and, and they keep coming back to that well over and over again. Just when we think we're done with them, someone ends up in a sewer. Like well, it's just... so the two main characters, their job is to clean out outhouse or porta potties. Yeah. So that's why we keep going back to shit joke after shit joke after shit joke. Shit joke. But even at the beginning, though, it's it it's even weirder, I think, because you have the uh, the the cop. So uh, David Arquette's character's dad. Is... Who, by the way, they both look the same age. When he called him dad, I'm like, dad? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, you, he's only like three, four years older than <laughs> Yeah, he exactly. He probably went to high school together. Yes, like, he, he was a senior and you were a freshman. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I, I haven't looked it up, but it looks that way, too. I had a hard time believing it. You think that would be the older brother, maybe? That, that would have made more sense, the older brother. Yeah, but I, I'm following dad's footsteps. You should follow in dad's footsteps. Yeah, it works just as well, yeah. anyway, right? Then you could have had someone else as the retired cop mm-hmm. or whatever, but... And but this this cop rolls up to the convenience store where you have first of all I don't know why they didn't do a crossover with Kevin Smith and have him play the clerk that would have been fun um, but he also he molests his son's best friend yeah like does the pat down cups the sack yeah now I know why Derek was sending gay jokes at three in the morning but still <laughs> like it was. <laughs> Like why is this cop is molesting his son's friend and is and thinks he's he's fine. This okay. Now, we should call these not, guys cops in quotations. Right past this. I'm sorry. <laughs> we we should call these cops in quotations because they're not really cops. That his his sister he goes home and he finds out, oh your sister shot her first perp today. It's like you're not supposed to shoot them. You're yeah, supposed yeah. to arrest them. Like, and like uh, later on in the movie, the the father gets mad at a picture that or a postcard that uh, his son sends him, and then he ends up uh, putting it uh, or putting it on the fridge and then shoots it. And and he misses like the only five thing, out of the six shots. 
Yeah, and like the only thing we're missing out of this is to, you know, let, let's go down to the jailhouse and cornhole us a drunk. You know, like that's that's the level that we're at in this movie for these cops. Yeah, and he's a or state this cop, trooper. I should say. Right? It's not it's not local PD, it's a state trooper, right? That's yeah, he's a state supposed trooper. to be a higher level, isn't it, Scott? Like <laughs> I yeah. Well, this was back when you would see when it was comical for police to abuse uh, yeah. detainees yeah. or criminals while <laughs> yeah. while they were in custody. If you look back, there's a whole string of movies where it's okay to, to beat a perp up in the interrogation room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As long as you're doing it you know, in a hilarious yes. manner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I mean if you're if you're worried about like trying to identify when this was, not only does the police abuse you know, be seem hilarious, but also uh, that song "My Own Worst Enemy" will come on like eight times, and it's a, it's in there twice, and it's not on the soundtrack. <laughs> I looked it up. I was like, this has to be on the soundtrack. I'm like, it's not on the soundtrack, but Sting's entrance music is. Yeah, yeah, the diamond Sting's entrance is is DDP's. DDP's is as well. Yeah. Okay. Like now, this naked I will is say, so, but this is like the ma- the last movie we all did together was uh, Rock the Pussy. This movie is a real movie. It's it was had a twenty four million dollar budget. They brought in all the rest. It's not like all the WCW wrestlers. They're all Mean Gene. Um, let's get rid of the Rumble guy. Forgot his name. My, uh, my, uh, no, uh, yeah, uh, Michael Buffer. Michael, Michael Buffer. So it's the whole schmear. This is a this is a bona fide Hollywood movie. It's a major motion a picture. Ma- this was yeah. a major motion picture, yeah. And it's just hard to like a, a major uh, such a, a a poor. I guess it, I shouldn't be, you know, like uh, like this is weighing on my mind like a poor. But this is just a poor big budget movie. Uh, not big budget, but a, a, a Hollywood movie. Uh, tw- you know what? In the 2000s, though, 24 million for a comedy—that's that's a pretty big budget. Yeah. Because you you had others coming out for like maybe doing like 15, and you know what I mean? Like they mm-hmm. give Reese Witherspoon a bunch of money, and then she does mm-hmm. stuff. You know that kind of you know that kind of stuff. But so I think 24 million is a pretty decent budget. In you know this is 23 years ago now, right? Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, you have Joey Pants, you got Oliver Platt, to they were. You know, pretty much in their heyday, I think, right around here. You had like Oliver Platt did Three Musketeers. Um, Is that uh, really the big one? <laughs> that's a big one. <laughs> I don't know if that's. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the... I think I, 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 a Time to Kill was more of a bigger one time for to kill. Oliver yeah, Platt. Yeah, for sure. Uh, um, Three Musketeers. I don't know if he brags about at parties. Is all I'm saying. Well, and, and oddly enough, while well, Joey Pants there is, uh, you know, getting if he's not known, getting known for the Matrix one year before, he's probably filming this in '99. Yeah. And then everyone's walking around in leather trench coats. Yeah. What's yeah? So this movie's Asking all about, about steak taste, you know. <laughs> so the movie's all about two uh, two WCW fans, and of course, back in the '90s and, and the early 2000s, professional wrestling was immensely popular more people were watching uh wrestling um in the united states than the combined populations of new york boston and chicago 
or sorry, New York, L.A. and Chicago. So that gives you an idea. Every Monday night, millions and millions of people are watching wrestling. Let alone by, the world. Yeah. by the time this came out there, we're watching WCW. <laughs> Uh, I've been a wrestling fan from like 1987 till about three or four years ago. So uh, <laughs> I, I I know when when people were watching and they weren't watching WCW back then when it was being written and filmed in 99. Probably. Yeah, they probably were. But um, but it's interesting that that it's WCW and not WWE. It would have been WWF at the time, I believe. Was it still WWF? WWF? Yep. Yeah, yep. no, still would have been WWF. Still, like Vince didn't didn't want to. I don't know if they approached Vince or if they just if David Arquette oh. was really just a fan of WCW. Like do we no, know? no, this this was written by WCW. Oh, it was yes. Okay. Uh, now, is it was, true that the main character, uh, the main like the, the king, is based on Jerry the King Lawler? No, not at all. Not at all. No. Really, the king gimmick is is. Multiples uh, of people have been king in in, in wrestling. It's, I thought that's why they hired Oliver Platt because he's not exactly like you know he's not built like Goldberg or any of these guys. Well, that yeah. was, and they keep pointing it out. It's like Oliver, you know, all of these wrestlers are just jacked. Yeah. And Oliver Platt is you know he's he's got this fat dad bod, and because he's always he's always like head to toe. He's covered. Yeah. He's, he's not wearing wrestlers tight where you know, all the other one, their chests are out. You know, you can see their muscles and they keep. And I will give them credit. The fact that they do like during the movie, they say like it, basically that it's fake. It's like, well, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. But then they also say we're going to go real. I guess they're playing both both sides of the fence here. Where they let us know that it's fake, but at any moment it could go real. Yeah, um, that's that's the hard thing about this movie because there's a lot in it as a wrestling fan that they get right, and then there's some really bad things they get horribly wrong. Um, so the two idiots they're going to WCW Nitro, and their favorite wrestler Jimmy the King is going to be facing Diamond Dallas Page. Um, in the main event for the title. Uh, and what they get right is sometimes you would screw a promoter would screw over one of the wrestlers to get the title away. That's happened multiple times, uh, most famously in 1997 with Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels in Montreal. Um, but it's happened multiple times in all, all over the territories back in the 60s and 70s. So that would really happen. The fact that later on he hides in a porta potty and jumps Diamond Dallas Page on live TV and then gets a match for the title and a million dollars never would happen. No way. <laughs> that camera would cut. Nobody would see it, and then there'd just be a whole bunch of rumors <laughs> on the internet. And the, the and day. the cops would be called. Like and the, the cops just, would be called because you yeah. don't work there anymore, and you're now you're trespassing. We're not going to invite you back in at a pay-per-view <laughs> to participate in a triple cage match. Yeah, that, that'd be like, like I, I used to work for telecom. That'd be me like going right back into the call center, getting up on the cubicle and, 
double axe handle <laughs> off the top cubicle yeah. to the, my former manager and then here have a seat and do your job i get you here's your job back oh with a yeah. race you know <laughs> but now you're the manager now you know <laughs> like you just can't you don't just do that to your your <laughs> former boss there's also I mean, a subtle message in this never meet your heroes because these two are just enamored with Oliver Platt's character. And it turns out that he is just a low light. He's abandoned his son. He's abandoned his wife. He doesn't have any money. He doesn't treat people well. And they're having a hard time accepting that. They think it's, you know, it's the spin, you know, the spin machine. It's like they're making him look this bad, but it really is this bad. And it's also a movie about redemption where the king, you know, stops being a loser and starts winning. Oh. Yeah, I found that to be did, watching this movie nowadays, where they're like, uh, "Oh, you know, it's just uh, Sinclair who's the promoter." Uh, they're trying to they're they're putting this out on the internet to make Jimmy the King look bad, and I'm like, "Okay, back in 2000, that was funny because that's stupid." Yeah. <laughs> now, nowadays. <laughs> you know, it, it, it could be almost true. <laughs> it's like that's the news, you know what I mean? So, um, but and, yeah, and so protagonists really, and it, it sort of has to be this way, I think, for the movie to work, where the protagonists have to keep on believing, even after they find out Santa yeah. Claus isn't real, they're still believing in Christmas for that Christmas yeah. cheer. So yeah. the same spirit of that, right? Where it's like. It doesn't matter if you say it's fake. I think it's real. Therefore, we yes. should go ahead with this crazy plot where you're going to go get beat up by 30 tough guys in, in, in a steel cage and try and get your old job back. Like, Well, it's, it's, <laughs> we, you brought up Santa Claus because at one point the king reveals himself to these two guys. It's like, I'm just a fat, drunk loser. I don't exist. And then David Arquette goes, I have a question. How can you not exist if we believe in you? And it's like, well, that's just like the same fucking argument for Santa Claus. <laughs> that's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they stole the Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you can believe in Santa Claus all you want. He's not real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They might as well have had Oliver Platt throwing presents off yeah. the top rope and just with a beard. You know? <laughs> it's the same thing. It's a, it's a premise. Like, they kind of stole yeah. Dumb, and, Dumb and Dumber and, a, and like... Christmas. 18 Christmas movies and what a Hallmark is, Christmas movie. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Speaking of Reese Witherspoon, right? Well, Mark, you asked why this movie wasn't done by WWE, and I could tell you why it's not done by WWE because WWE tried this before. It was called No Holds Barred. Oh, I remember. I saw that one in theaters. <laughs> so did I. So it was kind of like Nintendo making the Super Mario Brothers movie in 1993. Yeah, yeah, okay. That went so badly, we're just not going to do it again until The Rock comes in and starts making his own movies. Because WWE's didn't make it, wasn't participating in any movie making until after The Scorpion King. Right, once they saw what they had. Yeah, well, they had The Rock, that's what they had. Yeah. Yeah. And where was he in 99? He was WWE. Yeah, okay, so there was no way. He was in WWE. It's too bad, because I think instead uh, instead of Oliver Platt... Well, I guess if he had the rock, it wouldn't matter, right? Because he'd just beat everybody. He doesn't beat <laughs> anybody. Yeah. I get it makes sense from the standpoint where it's staged that somebody in the condition of uh, of Oliver Pl- uh, Pratt Platt 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 uh, could could you know go to the heights. Clearly, not in the same physical condition as all the other wrestlers around him. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's. 
Well, yeah, and professional wrestling personality is like yeah, like what almost seventy five percent of the job, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. Like if you yeah. have a like you you might not be in the best shape or be the best wrestler, but if you have a character that everybody loves and you're selling t shirts and merchandise, yeah. that seems to be. I'm literally wearing. I'm wearing a wrestling shirt today in honor of this podcast. It's a, it's a CM Punk one. Now that guy had charisma and talent, which is what yeah. made him. But but I mean, his charisma was more Just than a horrible What's backstage that? attitude. So yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> no, the guy out of shape guys have reigned supreme in wrestling for years. Oh yeah, yeah. You take Especially a look at the sixties um, and yeah, I like the muscular wrestlers. They didn't start until like the the eighties. Yeah. Because all those old t- gorgeous George and all them, Dick the Bruiser, they were yeah. just George like the Animal Steel. George the Animal Steel. They were just fat guys, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they they well, were like farm strong. Yes. Yeah, they, they, yeah they, they were like they, they ate whatever they want and they worked and, hard and they and they the just bailed hay all day. Yeah. And then now they have their own body. <laughs> they worked the back forty. Yeah. 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 But back they're, then they're, they trained for endurance. And started in the eighties. That's when they started training for the muscle. Yes. So I think Hogan um, was really a big, sure, a big kind of. Hogan was probably the factor for that. Um, well, yeah, look who comes after Ultimate Warrior and guys like that. Ultimate that are Warrior, just, yep. Yes, there was Sergeant Slaughter. He was he was six five, close to three hundred pound. He looked like Dumpty from Polka Dot Door. That's a <laughs> Canadian reference. Yeah. But, um, he was what world about, champion. What about Doink the Clown? Doink the Clown was not ever in in, in fantastic shape, yeah. <laughs> uh, but one of the greatest workers I've ever seen, to be very honest with you. Um, big Boss Man. Big Boss Man, yeah. He was 300 pounds easy. Yeah. Or One Man Gang or Slash the Akeem the African Dream, the white guy who danced badly to African South African music. Actually, there's one in this movie, Bam Bam Bigelow. He Bam Bam Bigelow. Famously just a big guy, but yeah. he can move like the, like nothing else. And oh, then, he can do. But then, yeah, the like Booker T, he was in, like, and Goldberg. It's like, that well, yeah, 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 these guys are, like, I, I'd never seen Booker T look better because I've only yeah. seen him lately. So for me, wrestling, I watched in the <laughs> 80s during the Hogan era. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just threw Booker T under the bus. And I, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen Booker T look any better because I've only seen him lately. Yeah. yeah. Well, what a great he's line. Not, he's not in the ring anymore, right? He's an announcer. So I'm going to cut that out and tweet it to him. He's yeah. oh, uh, good. <laughs> great. Now I've got an enemy in Booker T. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, but, yeah, for me, wrestling, I watched back in the 80s as a kid. And then uh, at this time when this is being filmed, I'm not watching wrestling. I'm at this point. I was married and working like three jobs and didn't have time for any of this stuff. The closest I came was at one of my jobs at Toys R Us. So yeah. I saw action figures for all these guys that I have no idea who the hell they are. And then uh, and all and then later on, actually, Derek is part of uh, part of why I, I came back and watched wrestling for a little while again and got sort of caught up on this mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, and that's our podcast history too, because uh, he, he and a friend of the show, KMA Jackson, had a podcast about wrestling they brought me on when i started watching again oh just to kind of get that perspective of someone who hasn't been watching this whole time and what do i think now so it was a little different um and then we part we actually spun that parlay that into what we're doing today so the, a wrestling episode is kind of like long overdue for us you know what I mean? <laughs> because it kind of speaks to to where where this show came from um then none of that's funny it's just stuff that happened but anyway uh <laughs> Yeah, well, what were we doing? So, Fat shaming Oliver Platt? Um, yes. Yeah, 
So Jimmy King gets screwed in the ring, um, and you know that the uh, punches have gone from fake to real because now they have sound effects behind them. And blood. And well, no, because before it was just they were just wrestling and they were talking, and all of a sudden, poof, poof, poof. Yeah. I'm like, oh, now you know it's real, right? Yeah, instead of the the usual stomp punch, which would you know yeah. you make the noise with your foot to to punch. But what I love too is part of the beatdown is uh, all of the guys from the backs come in and they start you know kicking the shit out of Jimmy the King and they're stomping on him like they you know like wrestlers do. But they're actually punching them and they're actually kicking them. And then they do what they call a four a four post massacre. Yeah. Which is basically just four diving headbutts off the top rope. Yeah. It's at the same time, so well choreographed. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's a totally inefficient move that would never happen more than once in, in the real world of wrestling. But I will say they filmed the wrestling scenes very, very well. They did. Yeah. But they have they are consummate professionals when it comes to that, which is difficult because Oliver Oliver uh, Platt not being a wrestler, it's like so they had to splice in him and then the stunt double. Yeah, a a lot of that. I mean, you could clearly tell when it wasn't Oliver Platt, (coughs) but they did the best they could. Um, And they had to hire an actor in that role. I don't think a wrestler could have pulled off the acting chops. Um, not in WCW. No, maybe The Rock. That's why I was yeah. wondering. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, but even then, early to you know. But the then you wouldn't believe you wouldn't believe that The Rock could be beaten. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I thought Diamond Dallas Page was the perfect one to be um, the heel. The heel in this movie. Uh, I think he was a babyface at the time, but he still has that look that that sort of greasy look. And I'm um, guessing you know, he, out of all of them, he's probably he's the, from the Jersey. To an yeah, he you know he's from Jersey. He can talk. He's got the char- the charisma to do it. So I thought that was a good choice. And, um, and Sid Vicious as a goon. That's the other thing that, that amused me was like the idea that the professional wrestlers don't really have a will of their own. That they're just hired goons for the Joey Pants <laughs> yeah. character. Yeah. And that that's it. Like that the uh, even the ladies. Some of them. Like, you do yeah. you do what I say, and you know if you if you want a, a seat at the table, so to speak. And that's the thing, like the Nitro girls, aside from Rose McGowan, were the actual Nitro girls from Nitro. Yeah, they this is just, how you can tell I wasn't watching because I would have known all of their mm-hmm. names. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, one of them was Booker T's. It ended up being Booker T's wife. Oh, um, uh, the Afri- no, the African American one. Do you remember at the end of the movie where they're in the the, the hot, hot tub, tub with with Martin Landau? The African American yeah. one is Booker T's wife. That's Charmel. Yeah. Oh, Charmel. Yeah. Ah, one, of the, okay. one of the dancers you probably they probably never focused on was Whisper, and that became the wife of Shawn Michaels. So ah. take that for what it's worth. A little trivia there for you, but but that, this was but even the referees. What's that? Sorry. But even the referees were WCW referees. Yeah, and Mean Gene. It's Charles Robinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mean Gene. He wasn't an announcer, but he wasn't a ring announcer, but, no. you know, but they got him in the movie and the commentators, Tony Schiavone and uh, uh, the other one, actual ring and uh, uh, actual announcers. Um, yeah. So for them, it's almost like a day at work, really. They they get yeah. I, you know, I'm sure they're like, I'm already working for whoever, you know, WCW. This is just an extra paycheck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You get to be uh, get to be in a movie. So yeah. that's kind of cool. And but, they're playing. The, and and the thing is. 
this movie flopped and they're not going to get any of the brunt of the blow. It's just like, I'm, I'm not an actor. I'm an announcer. I'm just doing what I do normally on on Monday nights. And all the wrestlers are fine. It's like, they actually get to slow down and, and, and have cuts so they can, they can redo moves if they don't go well. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. What, what I really, what got me with this one was uh, uh, mean gene. So that's where, you know, Homage to Mean Gene. That's where I took Mean Mark from back yeah. when I was doing the wrestling podcast. So like we, like the guys had, you know, their own little handles or wrestling markers. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know, Mean Mark. There we yeah. go. I just, I, it was just on a whim. And uh, but I love Mean Gene in this one because he's a consummate professional. Here's this guy who basically is almost going to get murdered in the middle of the ring, and Mean Gene's just calling it like he sees it. He's just, nope, this is your new champion, and uh, yeah. you know what I mean, like. Like he's not, there's no backstage shenanigans. He's not going to the boss being like, I didn't think this was supposed to happen. He doesn't question a thing. He's just like, yep, DDP, you win. Here you go. And new champion, you know, like it's back, you know, right into the interview, uh, consummate professional. I thought it was hilarious because of all the mayhem around him. (laughs) So let me ask this question. Did you laugh at anything in this movie? No. No. I know. Like I said, I was kind of grossed out by all the shit jokes. No. And, and I did not find a single thing funny in this movie. I think maybe some of the wrestlers stuff. Maybe that's the only thing, right? Because I know that they're they're not actors, so every once in a while. Like the only when, thing I chuckled at I didn't was find, let's see, I didn't find anything intentionally funny. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yes. The only thing I found funny was the fact that uh, somebody comes out. Um, and it's like, oh, they're coming out to save Jimmy King and one Bubba, it's Goldberg and, and Kidman and Disco Inferno. And I'm like, okay, if you know Disco Inferno, he he, he, he ain't helping you. Like, <laughs> he sucked Italy act, okay? Let me tell you. But that's about the only thing that made me laugh. But no, not intentionally, no. Especially when, like, um, the shit truck spills over and then gets crashed into by a toilet paper truck. Uh, what are the odds? Which, which, okay, I know it's a joke, but why is the toilet paper stacked individually? Yeah, yeah, why is it not in the package? Why are they in packages? <laughs> That's not, I thought this stuff came in boxes. Where are the boxes? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah see this is the stuff that's not landing like the wrestling stuff's working for me so to speak just because it's done well like you said scott but and i did like ninja martin landau i thought that was you know he's beating the shit out of sid vicious and who's the other guy perry saturn sure yeah i mean i (laughs) i'm an old mission impossible fan i like you know martin landau um but once again like obviously stunt doubles because he's he was in his seventies whatever in yeah. this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sid Vicious is not going to punch Mark yeah. Land down the face. <laughs> and yeah, he had a couple of quips. He was like he was teaching a high school wrestling team and a couple of things. Once again, Martin Landau, consummate professional. He's in this piece of shit movie, but he he gives it his all. There's like. Not a touching scene, but there's a scene after Martin Landau gets beat up and he's in the hospital giving Oliver Platt um, some advice. I some guess. advice. And it's like he's both him and Oliver Platt. It's like they're both selling it in this scene, which, you know, which sucks that it's in this movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's actually a touching moment. And yeah. 
Uh, well, that's the thing is that see, this is where I get uh, this is where I get mine back from the Star Trek episodes and the driving Miss Daisy references, <laughs> because Martin Landau in this movie is actually based on a real on a real person. Is it Stu Hart? Stu Hart, who obviously the the patriarch of the Hart family, Bret Hart, Owen Hart, Bruce Hart, Keith Hart. And he would, and he was from the early 1900s. He was a natural hooker or a shooter, what they called back then, a real wrestler who could take you down. Anyway, and he was doing, he was training guys into his 70s and 80s, literally doing what this Martin Landau character was doing. Yeah, he was still getting in the ring and twisting arms and legs, wasn't he? Well, he wasn't getting in the ring, but he was still training people in what they called the dungeon in Calgary. In Calgary. So well, I, thought, I thought he would actually get in every once in a while and just to demonstrate a lock or two, he would still do it. Like uh, not, not on TV. Like not he wasn't running the ropes, but you know. No, no, he would he was just train guys and he would just yeah, yeah. show the moves and how to get out of them. So that's that's a real character. Now, would he be able to take on Sid Vicious and Perry Saturn? No. <laughs> you know, so there's <laughs> obviously he's not popping up from out of the floorboards. Hey fellows, <laughs> wanna wrestle? Flip them over. No. You I was wondering, it. yeah, I was wondering if this was if this was basically a Stu Hart type thing because yeah. I heard heard stories. Stu Hart, Luthez, both the same way. Uh, Danny Hodge, um, that's old school. That's Scott, this is what it was like during the Star Trek episodes yeah. for him, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly <laughs> what it is. I was going to say. I'm But I know wrestling. It's like I I knew most of the wrestlers in there. Um, I didn't actually. There's a lot I didn't recognize. Like I recognize oh, Perfect, Bam Bam Bigelow, um, but yep. quite a few of them I didn't know. The 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 most um, obscure guy I saw in this movie was a guy called Van Hammer, um, and yeah, he was uh, basically a, guy, a wrestler that played the guitar really well. <laughs> oh. Oh, cute. Not Van Halen. He was Van Hammer. So. <laughs> so were you watching wrestling at this time? Like, were you? No, no. Th- I was done with wrestling. Yeah, by this time. And speaking of Van Halen, we forgot the scene where they get picked up by a van full of nuns. Why oh my is God. every traveling movie there's a scene where there's a they get picked up by hitchhiking nuns or singing nuns? And they start singing "Running with the Devil." Sure. Yeah, that would happen right away. Yeah. <laughs> And then they get out, and it's like, did you fart? No, I didn't fart. Did you yeah. fart? No, I didn't fart. Well, it was the farting nuns. Like, what? $24 million. Then, yes. <laughs> Never mentioned again. Just completely dropped. Yeah, I thought there was a, there was it, a You rule. know what would have been funny? If, like, at the, like, during... Like if the nuns came back and hopped in the ring and well, started maybe, helping. Maybe the nuns versus the Nitro Girls or something yeah, like or that, something right? Like you that, have like yeah. a, yeah, yeah, the, the farting nuns and then they could fart again and then all of a sudden now the girls are like all put out. Like Maybe Rose yeah. McGowan is sitting amongst them and then they all fart and that's how she gets Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Run in with the farting nuns. I, I didn't remember the part, but when Rose McGowan throws herself at uh, David Arquette, I immediately thought, oh, she's working for Joey Pants. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I figured that out immediately and not remembering it. Yeah, so. I, 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 know, I, I know this is just a character and I know 
Uh, he may be a totally different person outside of the movies, but how in the hell did he ever land Courtney Cox? <laughs> yeah, this would be like guy, I watched this movie and I'm like, this guy in it? Like Dewey, really? Yeah, yeah. This guy we see here, Gordy, does not get Courtney Cox. <laughs> does not get Rose McGowan. Yeah. But he barely gets that wrestling is fake, so you know. <laughs> he still doesn't get it. I mean, yeah, it was like at the end he's and to me, these guys are are way too old to keep, you know, to believe that wrestling is real and they're, you know, they're going to go on this, you know, field, not field, road trip to to figure it out. I think the the, the main characters should have been younger, you know, like in their mm. 18, 19, I don't know. You say that. Um, I'm going to challenge you to go online and look up the it's still real to me damn it guy okay <laughs> uh this was a this was a viral video from the early 2000s around this movie there was a guy to, at a wrestling convention where all the old stars from the 60s and 70s were taking questions from the audience and the uh the guy gets the mic and instead of asking a question he goes you know a lot of people call it fake and then he starts to cry and he says, but it's still real to me, damn it. It's still real to me. And then other guys around him start putting arms around his shoulder to console him. Like, yes, it's still real to us, too. And the man is in his 50s. Whoa. It's. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. It's pretty sad. I get what he's saying. You know, I, I, I appreciate as a wrestling fan, I could appreciate the sentiment. But, dude, okay? yeah, <laughs> you're breaking down in front of Ric Flair. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> How but embarrassing anyway. for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're right. He, they, they should be younger. Because these guys are like almost 30. But they, can't, but they can't be too much because. No, they can't be too much know. younger or else they can't get into their shenanigans. Uh like they can't they can't be seduced by a nitro girl if yeah, they're, if yeah, they're exactly. 17. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean 19 maybe, but that's I, yeah. still But I but that's and then talk about belief in your kid, eh? Like the dad thinks he's his son's an idiot, but yet he's still going to somehow pull past the the state police exam yeah. <laughs> and become a cop. Yeah. Which apparently you don't have to go to school for, you just got to pass a test and here's your gun and badge. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Um, I've never tried to be a cop before, but <laughs> this movie have you think is just a, you know, three hours in a classroom and you're certified. Yeah, it's a test. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. First I go get my driving test mm. and then my cop test, you know. <laughs> so they, so they take the hitchhiking nuns and they meet up with the Shermanator, who is playing the Jimmy the King video game. Yeah, which that'll happen. You have a whole wrestling game based around one guy. Uh, yeah. And then yeah. they said, um, they said, well, we're trying to find Jimmy the Kings. Like, I think I can help you with that. I can find anyone on the net. And I'm like, oh, that's not creepy. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, and it's extra creepy just because it's coming from the Shermanator. Yeah. And I know yeah. that's not fair, but it is what it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, his delivery was kind of creepy. but and His delivery was kind of creepy. And not only that, but, he, but he's right. He yeah. finds Jimmy the King's address. 
and his ex-wife's name and his ex-wife's his other ex-wife's uh, address and the the parents the son the parents oh Kathleen Freeman like the the wonderful character actress who played yeah she's been in everything yeah like she shows up in this okay you know I'll, I'll so one I, I wouldn't call it a laugh but I'm like okay it's they're talking, the two morons are talking to the king's parents. And they're telling him that, oh, he barely graduated the 10th grade. And he's like, no, I read his authorized biography. Oh, yeah. And he went to, you know, after you died, sir, in a plane crash, he went, it's, okay. That yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mildly funny, yeah. And, and, but that's the thing is that they keep having to do these idiotic things to sell that they would still believe wrestling is real, yeah. even after they're told by their hero it is not. Like yes. they actively are ignoring the facts coming at them and just choosing to believe whatever the hell they want. Which sounds <laughs> a lot, a lot like the political climate nowadays. It's like <laughs> I'm just going to oh. ignore the facts given to me. And just keep going with the narrative. So. I just thought that'd be a fun way to live if you can get away with if, it. Just, that is a what? great way to live. Facts don't mean a thing if I, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Mm. That, that would be some way to live. <laughs> um, oh, uh, speaking of his, his ex-wife, here's a blast from the past. Caroline Ray. Yeah, Caroline Ray. Remember when she was the thing, everybody? Looking like Mimi Bobek from the Drew Carey show. Drew Carey show? Oh yeah, that's right. She Look, played Drew's girl, a uh, cop girlfriend for a while. And, yeah, but she, she's looking like Mimi from the Drew Carey show. Yes. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, she was a thing for a hot minute there. Well, yeah, she was a stand-up comedian, and she was on Sabrina, the Teenage Witch. She was on that TV show. Didn't she get her own? Uh, that I don't know. Her own? I thought she got her own show. I might be wrong, but yeah, anyway. I don't think so. I, I just remember she was everywhere, and then she's nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like I have no idea. I haven't seen Caroline Ray. And, and oh no, she's she's been working. She was she did that uh, last last one laughing Canada version. Oh okay, it's on Amazon. Uh, uh, last time I saw her, she was on the Biggest Loser, right? The weight loss show. Oh, oh yeah, and they fired her because she kept gaining weight, <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so what happens? They, they track him down. They finally track him down to the to the trailer park. Um, now I find it hard to believe. I know they mentioned he's filed bankruptcy and all, but I, I just find it hard to believe that he is living like this after being on top of the wrestling community for 14 years, however long it was being. I know. I, he, it. I know it, it's set up that he's mismanages money and all that, but. Nobody is living like he is living after, you know, being a being the main attraction in WCW. That that does. It's weird that it's so quickly because I yeah. think it's like a week after this, um, like after he gets well, fired. Yeah, well, we see um, the event and the boys don't go home. They immediately hit the road to go to Atlanta to start their yeah. search. So yeah, it's about a week. You would think like it's not like they're on the road for a month before yeah. finding. Well, yeah. the, and his parents said that like, oh, he, he came by last week to borrow our mobile home. Yeah, so he would only do that after he was fired. So I would assume. I, I mean, I, I guess there are stories about well, athletes in all sports mismanaging their money. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you ever but, seen like the rest? It doesn't happen a week afterwards. You know, Not yeah, you think you'd have a couple bucks around? Yeah. 
And it was like, if this is real life, go to WW. You're banned from WCW. Fine. Go to WWF. Go to, there, there's other wrestling. It's like, you yeah, could, yeah. you're, it's, it's the equivalent Scott. of Mark Landau being in this movie. It's like, he was a huge name back in the sixties and seventies. He's still a name, not as big, but he's in this movie that totally works for wrestling. Sure. I'm not the biggest name ever, but I'm still a name. And so if you put me yeah. in your, you were the, just the champion. Yeah. You were just you, the champion. So some somebody from WWF is going to gobble him up Absolutely. or even from even, even something not on the same level as WCW. Like NWA, or something. NWA, something like that. Yeah. But guys, guys, in this movie, those ones don't exist. Right. That's <laughs> uh, true. They can't Vince really McMahon doesn't exist in this universe. No, yeah. Vince so we've never had the XFL in this universe. Vince McMahon Vince, wears a cowboy hat has a ponytail in this one. That's yeah. What, that's, yeah. Oh, Joe, uh, Joe Pantley, pa- Pagliano, whatever. He's got a terrible toupee in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, he keeps it under a hat most. Yeah, of the for most of the time. But he's basically doing the Southern Colonel style of. Oh he's yeah. Like Bobby the Brain. That's a version of Bobby the Brain Heenan to me. He he yeah he's wearing like that um, like the Native American jacket, and he's obviously not Native American. You know, he's like he bought it at the casino. Right. You know what I mean? This is what a tourist would wear after coming out of Santa Fe, New Mexico. That's yeah. This is what yeah, I yeah. would be wearing if I went to to New Mexico for a week and then just bought all the all the the trophy shit. You know what I mean? Like not stuff a real person would wear. <laughs> yeah, it, it, he's a hilarious. I mean, don't get me wrong. Joe Pants is a great heel in and of himself. He can, yeah. Right. He's smarmy. He's he, he you know he can play mean like nobody else. Like uh, so yeah. I mean, great guy to play your your shit heel promoter for sure. Who was the the main promoter back then? Or the the owner? Eric Bischoff. Okay, so Eric Bischoff and the, well, around this little, time the Vince little Russo. weasel guy, uh, Vince Russo. No, no, uh, <laughs> he was around the time of Bobby the Brain Heenan. Oh, Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart. Maybe was it was manager. Jimmy Hart. Little the guy. Microphone? Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's Jimmy Hart. Yeah, Mouth Jimmy of, Mouth of the South. Mouth of the South. That's it. Yeah. So this is where they come up with their plan to sneak attack Diamond Dallas Page, and they sneak him backstage into, and this is probably the most unbelievable part of the movie, is WCW performing Nitro in New York City. The only reason for that is that's WWE's home turf. Like, that's their headquarters. WCW WCW never went to New York. (laughs) Because... No one else did. No one else went to New York. Yeah. Yeah. And WWE didn't go to Atlanta until after the war was over. So <laughs> that's, but then again, that's so inside baseball. Only I got that. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I I forgot about that to be honest. <laughs> Despite everything you and KMA taught me. <laughs> yeah. So they so they sneak Jimmy King in through a porta potty. Which where did they get? There's a whole bunch of them there, as it turns out. Yeah. And I don't know why yeah. this arena has a bunch of porta potties and no yeah. plumbing. But they just picked up a skid mover and just picked it up and walked in? Like, okay. Yeah, there was no scene where, like, they, you know, where they, they, they grab two, two other idiots and kind of, you know, yeah. tie them up backstage and grab their uniforms. Like, they just. Yeah, well. And, they, and at this point, they lost their trucks, so they don't have any of their regular gear. So no. There's no. They just know what to do because that's their job, but they don't have any resources. So yeah, where the 
Did they beat up two guys and take their shit? They're like, what happened? Or sorry, sorry take their chitter? <laughs> and, and I guess nobody is cluing into the fact that they're talking, hey, Jimmy the King, we're going to give you the signal when it's time to come out. Yeah. <laughs> As they're walking through the backstage area. No one's going, whoa. <laughs> I guess it's one of those times where they're not speaking loud enough so the other characters can hear them, just us. Okay. The um, yeah, uh, but somehow they managed to get in. No, no security. Yeah, <laughs> it's all it's all good. And they punched yeah, out face during a promo, which is not really part of the plan. The, well, it was the plan. Um, but then. Sinclair, like I said earlier, he says, okay, fine. You want a title match? Fine. You can have a title match. Uh, and I'll put a million dollars on the line. Ah. Oh, I hate you, but, but I'm going to give you more that I don't want you to win because reasons. Yeah, that's that's not really set up as to why why the promoter doesn't want him around anymore. Yeah, like they just talk. They talk about it, but they don't. Well, they, there's, there's no scenes with Oliver Platt being like such a shit heel that no one likes him. We cut no. straight to this guy's gonna lose his lose the belt tonight. We we kind of get a little bit at the beginning with Diamond Dallas Page going, "Oh, you're late to shows again," and and Sinclair doesn't like dealing with him, and he hates him, and he's boring, and he doesn't want him to be champion anymore. I think it's enough. Yeah, it's enough, but. I will say that Oliver Platt's character was just grating on my nerves. Like he's just so whiny through most of this movie. Yeah. And doing a like he's doing an Elvis impression, the King. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it just started to grate on my nerves. It's just like Jesus Christ. When are we gonna get to the point where he redeems himself? Because this whiny shit is getting <laughs> on my nerves. Yeah. Well, first they have to go back because they get we get that old uh, cliche of going back to the farm. Yep. It's like it's taken from the Ninja Turtles movie. Let's go back to the farm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's get out of town because it's a little too hot in the city. And this is where we get the guy that's okay. So they're looking for a new quote unquote king's court. They're looking for guys that'll back him up in a fight. Um, and they meet and all they go through a couple of guys and it's like wrestling's fake. Boom. Does that feel fake? And then he beats up a couple of guys, and then the guy starts to sing Oklahoma. Like he's auditioning for Oklahoma, the musical. I'm like, at what point in this barn with a makeshift wrestling ring surrounded by guys who look like fucking wrestlers, did you look around and think, hey, yeah, this is the auditions for a fucking musical? Yeah, I don't think you know the play very well if you think this is the right place (laughs) to be. And he went last. I know it's Lux. <laughs> Where was it? Wyoming? Wyoming, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, but they get the thing. And and of course, you have to have that second act where Jimmy doesn't want to do it. So then he goes to visit his wife, his ex-wife. Apologize, says he's going to make good after getting kicked in the nuts a couple of times. <laughs> and he gets kicked in the nuts a lot. A, a lot. lot. And it's like, yeah, he's his boys are damaged at this point. Oh, <laughs> he never need worry about wearing a condom again. No. Not, not for, there'd be no pregnancy scares in his future. It, it's the equivalent of, like, when they talk about uh, uh, Michael J. Fox 
in the Back to the Future movies, how many times he hits his head. It's like this kid, he's got a concussion yeah. through the, the entire. <laughs> in this, it's the equivalent of this is the the ball kicking equivalent of Michael J. Fox's head butts. It's like you you can't get hit that many times in the crotch, in the balls, and not have some sort of twisting turning thing going on and or something things. popping that's or something in, popping or peeing blood it's like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you ever seen those youtube videos where like a, a medical professional will go through a movie and be like oh yeah they, where they, they, they like this guy should have they tallied up like this guy should have died like 14 yes. times or they have it with lawyers too it's like and okay the if they would have done this in the movie that would have happened yeah yes. case closed case they, closed yeah let's yeah. say this and it's case closed yeah or get it thrown out yeah, exactly yeah yeah, yeah but the, i want one of those medical professionals to just just look at the ball trauma here yeah. and say what what is your opinion and what do you think is going to happen <laughs> Like get a urologist to be like, oh yeah. my god, this guy's a dead man, you know? <laughs> yeah. So they, uh, so he gets, he, he basically now he's gonna do it. He's doing it for for the wife and kids yeah. or whatever. And his, uh, so then they finally, where, where's the main, oh the main events in uh, in Atlanta. Vegas? Yeah, Vegas. In in Vegas. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in Vegas, the MGM Grand. Yeah. So then, okay, they take the mobile home. Luckily, this this piece of shit runs because it's their only means of transportation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for the rest of the movie. And uh, they make it back. There is the subplot with uh, um, with with Rose McGowan and the weirdest sex scene I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so Rose McGowan, Jimmy, uh, uh, Jimmy Pants tells her to you know get close to this guy to find out what's going on with the king and so so she sleeps with a guy yeah just because another guy told her to yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. like i said no will of their own no you know what i mean like sid vicious well, I, attacks a 70 year old man just because he was told to i don't think she had to sleep with him I don't no, think because she, she was getting all the intel anyway yeah that's just, true yeah, too. he was giving it to her yeah. yeah that's how they found out about sal was it Sal the trainer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sal the trainer, yeah. Yeah, that's how they find out about him. And but after that, like she's like, I'm done, and that's it. And she doesn't get to go back. But okay. I do like the fact that David Arquette doesn't take her back. She, yeah. you know, she appeals to him. It's like I think we can be together, and and he turns her down. He's like, No, I can't. After what you did to Sal. I can never take you back. So I do like the fact that we don't get the standard, you know, please forgive me. Let's reconcile scene. And she ends up getting hit in the face with a ladder. So. Yeah. She actually, in, in other movies, she would have turned, she would have realized the error of her ways and then tried to make good and then be part of the good guy team. Yeah. Turning on the boss. Right? Yeah. That she tried have... to do that here, but David Arquette was like, no, he has integrity. Actually. Yes. He has integrity. with this. So. Well, which out of nowhere, like this guy's like a complete idiot, but all yeah. of a sudden he wisens up to like, she's yeah. no good. Yeah. And then there's a sub subplot where the other guy, who's the other guy's name? Not David Arquette. I don't even know who this oh, person is. Scott Kahn? Scott Kahn. He's got a crush on somebody at a fast food place. She doesn't want to have anything to do with him. But this other girl at Wendy. a fast food place has a crush on him. And she's a wrestling fan. And she's a wrestling fan. And... So that's touched on at the beginning of the movie. And then at the end of the movie, she's screaming for him because he's on television. It's like, what? That 
that didn't even need to be in there. That could have been no. cut out because that had nothing to do with anything. They don't end up getting together because well, they they do. He does sleep with Wendy. During, when they go back home, she comes out to the tryout camp, and then uh, he apologizes for being a dick to her, and then uh, gives her it's when they're leaving. It's when they're leaving. Well, yeah, when they're about to leave, gives her like a, a t-shirt from like from Vegas or something yeah, from like that. Hard Rock Cafe. Oh, from yeah. Hard Rock Cafe in Atlanta. Sorry, yes. And then she's like, well, I got you a present, takes him into the to the camper, shags him, and then they have the whole awkward scene where they're both wrapped in a blanket, and she's got to get out. She can't come with him to Vegas, but <laughs> he can shag her once before leaving. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be honest. I missed that part because I was getting extremely bored with this movie, so I skipped ahead. So I must have missed <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble watching this movie, so I must have skipped that That's part. the gearing up scene. That's what... Yeah. They do this because that's where Gordy gets. That's, that's get where Gordy gets arrested and he's forced to do the uh, the cop test. Right. Yeah. That's, which is that's why he shows okay, up as a cop later part. on. They skipped about ten minutes, so I must have skipped that part. Yeah. They do this. <laughs> they do this bit where they're leave, like before they're they're taken off for Vegas. They stop and then you know they get out, but they're wrapped in a blanket. The two of them. Mm-hmm. He gives her the blanket. Now he's just buck ass nude. So we mm-hmm. see Scott Con. Or his ass a couple of times, or a stunt ass. I don't mm-hmm. give a fuck. But anyway, and that, and then everyone's like laughing because they saw him yeah. naked, right? But that's, but that that whole thing, the audition thing, what came to nothing. None of those guys actually get involved, right? Like they don't. They're not yeah, even no, they're there. hired to be. Yeah, the the king's court, and then they, you don't see him anywhere. No, because the Jimmy King starts in the ring with DDP, and then he uh, all the bad guys come out and attack him. Yeah, and DDP's then all of a sudden own. Goldberg comes out with with all the good guys, and he can't get in the thing. And then uh, David Arquette comes in on his motorcycle, breaks down the side of the cage, which great cage construction. Mm-hmm. Um, did, did, did he steal a police motorcycle? I'm guessing he did. I'm guessing he did. I'm 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 gonna guess that WCW didn't load one up in a truck every <laughs> single Monday night. And no. well, I guess no one used it this week again. But let's put it back in the truck, you know. Especially not for him since he wasn't supposed to be there. So yeah, he must have stolen it and then driven it to Vegas, Vegas. <laughs> from Wyoming. <laughs> And he must not have been very far behind either. No, because he wasn't very far behind when they, they finally get to the event. Yeah. Maybe like a day. <laughs> you figure they, they get there the day before the event, I'm guessing, right? And then whatever. But yeah, yeah. And I do like that. I mean, as entrances go, you know. Yeah, it was, it was fine. Breaking the like cage I, door with your motorcycle. Like I cool. said, all the wrestling stuff was filmed very, very well. You know, him breaking in, you know, all the, the cage wrestling, and uh, yeah, it was it looked it looked like a wrestling match. It, it was, yeah, excitement of it, yeah. Was that's it, a real it, wrestling match. That triple cage actually happened. Uh, it is several okay. times. So it was done much better. This one, uh, yeah, this one was it was Hogan and Macho Man against the Dungeon of Doom, which was a big stable of guys. One of whom was a brand new wrestler that <clears throat> was foolishly named initially the Final Solution. Because he was the Final Solution to killing Hulkamania. <laughs> and then somebody after they they aired that went uh, <coughs> uh, the Nazis, and they're like, oh okay, the Ultimate Solution. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yikes. Yeah, yikes is right. Um, and then so Sting saves the day. Well, yeah, Sting, we have we have one scene backstage where Joey Pants is basically giving him the get in line speech. Yeah. And Sting, I guess at the time he was a you know anti-establishment kind of guy. I guess was his thing. It, it's a long story. He was betrayed, so he became a loner. He dressed like the crow. The crow had just come out. Yeah. And he basically lived in the rafters. Right. So, so this thing about swinging in from the rafters is actually part of his. More or less, yeah. Then you get the whole joke of, I love Jimmy King. You love Jimmy King. We love other men. And then he gets punched. Because being gay was funny back in 2000. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so he wins the match. He wins the title and the million dollars and gets a contract, I guess. Now, here's here's what <laughs> here's what I don't like about the ending is that. So we have we followed the two idiots across America and back like they go back and forth a couple like to Atlanta from Wyoming to Atlanta and then back to Wyoming and then to Las Vegas and whatever. And then they get there. This is their sacred quest, right? Like they have not let logic or reason stop them at all in the no. pursuit of their goal, which is getting that belt back on Jimmy the King. What happens when they get there? Sting shows up. They're just chatting him up like there's no tomorrow. Uh-huh. Oh, look, here's Rose McGowan. We got, well, we got to close this loop. Never mind. Jimmy the King is getting his ass beat by like 14 other dudes and, you know, being thrown around a cage. I'm just going to stop and chit chat and no, not going to help him at all. Like I've done my one thing when I got here, but that's it. Where's David Arquette running loose on the, the other, you know, maybe some of the lesser name wrestlers. Why isn't he doing more of that to help? You know what I mean? Why isn't he like uh, Scott Conn does a little Arquette. bit this with the, uh, what's that? He could, because he's David Arquette. I'm just saying they were there. The characters are there to help Jimmy. And then that's, they do one or two things and that's it. And then, yeah, well, they're there to stop Rose McGowan and St. Clair because they're the only ones that they can take down. Yeah, I did like the dust trick on uh, on DDP, though. You have to, like, you can't have a wrestling move without someone getting the old powder in the eye, right? Like that's Yeah. A, that's a classic. Yeah, uh, kid, that never works. Like, why? And the handcuffs. Yeah. Whatever. The handcuffs work. Oh, by the way, sorry, I, 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 I don't want, well, I want to, I want to go way back to the first match with DDP and, okay. and King. So if you're the referee, right, you're told that, that Jimmy's supposed to win, but then all of a sudden things take a turn. DDP should have won that match, but it should have been by disqualification, right? Because he takes a chair to the head. King hits him with a chair. It should have been a disqualification. That should have been the end of the yeah. match. Right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> By wrestling law, you know. <laughs> but wasn't the referee knocked out from behind? Uh, I don't think he had been at this point. I know he, he does get thrown out after. Before, once well, once all the other, once once the cronies come in. Yeah, but DDP throws King through a table, which is randomly set up at ringside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was a hardcore match. I don't know. Yeah, but like, I, I, I just like thought... Like 2000, I, wrestling was a little crazy, so... So that so something like that could happen and the, yeah. the, the called, yeah. Yeah, oh, especially in WCW. 
Uh, okay, fair enough. Sorry, I, want, I meant to bring that up way earlier at the beginning of the podcast when we were talking about the first match. So, uh, But getting back to this one now, it definitely is hardcore, so all bets are off. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah so he wins, and then he's like, um, mean, mean Gene says, oh, are, you th- are you thinking about, <clears throat> now that you won the world title, are you thinking about the tag titles? Are you thinking amalgamation or unification? I'm like, can't unify the world and tag team champions. <laughs> yeah, a singles title and a and a, and a tag title. Tag no. team title. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> unify with uh, who? WCW no maybe, but okay. No, no one else exists in this uh, in, yeah. in this universe. There's no other wrestling company, so it's not like you're I guess, unifying yeah. with NWA or whatever. <laughs> hey, if you can get a title match just by attacking someone in the company you don't work for, so. There's the sequel, eh? Poor Joey Pants just walking down the street and some random idiot just attacks him so he can get a title match, you know? <laughs> uh, so he wins and they're, they're all have champions and then they then they do a, a blooper reel. <laughs> and they show the one scene where uh, at the beginning of the movie, uh, Gordy is daydreaming about how he's uh, he's getting picked on by the local stop and store. Guy. Yeah, yeah. This is where we find out in this movie, boob is an insult. You boob. <laughs> we also get retard. It's like you're a, yeah. anybody who believes in wrestling is a retard. Oh yeah. So, we yeah. Still, so that it's was two thousand. That, that still flies. That know? still flew in the two thousands. I, I think. Yeah. I think that was the last one. Yeah. Like that. Like they're like <laughs> yeah. they use it in what? Okay, yeah. we can't use this anymore. This is is offensive. We're not doing this anymore. But he has a uh, he has a dream sequence where the store turns into a wrestling ring. And the macho man, Randy Savage, and Gorgeous George, his manager at the time, come in to help the uh, the, the shop clerk. And so, and then Jimmy King comes in to help him, and, blah, yeah. blah, blah, and it leads to a thing. But in the bloopers, you see the one the one blooper where Oliver, Oliver Platt comes in, goes to fake punch Macho Man Randy Savage, but actually hits him. Yeah, and he actually hit him during the filming. <laughs> they didn't keep it in the movie, obviously, because you go, oh, Randy, <laughs> you can see, you can oh, see, yeah, like, yeah. you can see the, the the I'm sorry, and also the fear. Yeah, yeah. That they <laughs> roided out nice. Macho Man Randy Savage is gonna pop up and just beat the ever loving shit out of me. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, you know what they say, never punch your heroes. You know? Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, that that it's too bad Macho Man wasn't a bigger part of uh, of of the whole thing. Like, I don't know why he wasn't there at the end. You know, as part of either crew, he had to go film Spider Man. Yeah. Oh, oh, this was a bone saw warm up. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> it's a bone saw warm up. Yeah. yeah, Roger that. Okay, fair enough. Three minutes of playtime. <laughs> I'm going to go be uh, in a much bigger, better movie. By I way, recently yeah. found out that uh, Macho Man, he was uh, almost a professional baseball player. When he was younger, yes. Yeah. He tried out for, for the, the uh, Cincinnati Reds. For the Reds, yeah. Huh. Yep. Almost made it. Almost made it. He, I think he might have been... He played in the minor leagues. He played in the minor leagues. I think he might have played one or two games with the Reds. Like, yeah. It, you know, didn't make it, but I'm like, yeah, there's like a picture of him in a, in a Cincinnati red baseball hat. It's like, yeah. yeah. Wait, there's, there's actual like major league baseball records. 
Yeah. With stats for a Randy Poffo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Yep. Um, so, and that's, of course, the end of the movie. Yay and so forth. Oh, and then they go back to the thing. I know it's a movie. Oh, we should mention, actually, um, before they go back to Vegas, they try to recruit Goldberg to be one of the king's court. In the background of that scene, behind uh, Scott Kahn and David Arquette, there's a guy who gets into one of the workout machines, the one with the arms that you bring together. I don't know what they're called. Um, he's blonde, and he be, uh, he's a future WWE champion. Do you know who it is, Mark? No, I didn't see. John Cena. John Cena? Yep. He was is in the in background. This movie. Yep. Just working out. Yep. He was in uh, UPW in California at the time. Just starting out, and so that's where they got all their extras because they needed gym rats, right? So and he, yeah, he would have yeah. been right in there for sure. So, um, but yeah, so I know this is a movie, and at the end of the movie, they go back to the thing, and they Scott Con is telling the story to the kids, and he's like, "Well, that's just a one-off. You're not really working with the WCW," and all of a sudden, crash, and Bill Goldberg throws the. Uh, the convenience store clerk. The convenience store clerk through the front door, which A is a lawsuit. Uh and B, and again, I know it's a movie. Why is Goldberg wearing his fucking ring gear? <laughs> Why is he in his tights and wrestling boots? I was gonna ask that. He just walks around like that all the time? No. <laughs> <laughs> this movie would pause. No, it. he yes. doesn't. No. Every he time doesn't. he does not own a, a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> And then they take off in the there's a, know, that one nitro Hummer girl. limo, I guess, with the yeah, yeah, yeah. with the hot tub well, and like, whatever. In the scene where they see the nitro girls kind of backstage in the dressing room, they're like naked, 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 and all the shots they're in their underwear. They're not naked. Yeah, no yeah, nobody's naked. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote that down. I'm like naked. You keep using that word. I don't think you it means what, what you think is. it means. I don't think you know what it means. Yeah, uh, you that you're writing checks that your movie's not cash in there, Mr. Arquette. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Nitro Girls were not going to go naked. I, mind you, they danced in pretty much close to nothing. So, um, so a couple of things on this movie. Uh, we talked about John Cena. Um, and around this time of the movie's release, David Arquette made a string of appearances on WCW television. This is in 2000. Um, fortunately, through various wrestling circumstances he actually became the real wcw champion <laughs> not only did he win it he defended it successfully how many times two or three really yeah <laughs> he had an actual title run yeah now that was bad nobody liked it even he said it was the worst idea that they could possibly do but what he did do, instead of taking uh, a paycheck for him, he donated the money he made from that run to the family of Brian Pillman, who had died a couple of years earlier. Oh, okay. So, at least something good came out of that. Yeah, yeah. Family so, need. Yeah. But if you're a wrestling fan, you know Brian Pillman tragically died in October of 97. 
His wife didn't get any help from WWE, who Pillman was working for at the time. David Arquette changed that. So, And then went on to have a pseudo-wrestling career <laughs> <laughs> on the independence, and it didn't go well. Uh, so... Uh, but as always on the show, we try to find the real story behind the story, Mark. So before I get to that, I, I do have a couple things. One, I did like, like Scott said, the, the, the wrestling stuff was actually pretty good. I, and I also liked how they transitioned from basically wrestling to stage fighting. To go from the the fake wrestling where they're calling the shots to, you know, when DDP, you know, quote unquote, really punches. Oh, OK. I see. Flat. Yeah, they, it's, it's more of a, like a stage fight type thing, right? To. To show that he's now not in the wrestling world anymore. He's now just getting his, the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. Um, the other thing was uh, the uh, David Arquette's, uh, Gary's dad, or Gordy's dad, sorry. Mm. He has this line that, I, you know, I'd had a couple of beers. <laughs> so this this got me. He goes, just because it's your dream doesn't make it right. And right then I had an existential crisis. Mm-hmm. I was like. Oh my God! All my hopes and dreams. Yeah. What if? What if they're all wrong? Oh my God! Like, I was, so I had a little freak out, kind of mid movie. I'm not sure what I missed, but okay. I mean, but I he's think wrong, Nit- Mark. So, but when the Nitro Girls came back, I remember yeah. that. I think that's when I woke up again. I was. I <laughs> bet. Like, yeah. I yeah. Bet. Yeah. I was like, oh wait. What? Oh hey. <laughs> but but yeah, that was I was like such a poignant kind of even thought to have in this movie about idiots <laughs> running around. Yeah. Talking about professional wrestling, I guess it it just seems so out of place because it there's something there, there's something behind that, you know what I mean? To really to, to kind of chew on, and I was like, it doesn't belong here. What the <laughs> Morgan Freeman should be saying this right. for some reason. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> See, you know what I mean? The instant gravity. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, so my or is it uh, or is it one man's expensive excuse to go to wrestling school? Yes, I'm calling out David Arquette because of all the stuff you said. It wasn't just this movie. He actually has a little bit of a wrestling career afterwards. He wouldn't have done it without this movie. He gets to go learn to wrestle, get <laughs> yes. paid to do it. He's not one of these chumps that pays a guy, you know, to uh, to teach him in their garage. <laughs> he gets to go learn from the best and get paid to do it yeah. as part of a, a movie he's doing. Like, brilliant. Well, there were rumors that uh, this movie caused Courtney Cox to break up and divorce David Arquette because it was shortly after this movie came out that they divorced, but well, that's I'll tell you totally what, not if, the truth. So if he came home <laughs> screaming his face off like he yeah. does in this. He's trying a little too hard. No, yeah. like, <laughs> just, and everything is just on Wrestling's 11. Wrestling's not fake. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, every line is delivered on yeah. 11. And, and yeah, if he comes home with that energy, I can see why she might be like, all right, I'm just going to, I'm going to the coffee shop. Anyway. I would say, or is it, we, we're not holding the blame, like all the wrestlers in there. It's like they it's like we're going to do this movie and we're going to take none of the blame if it sucks. <laughs> and that's it. It's like <laughs> I'm just I'm just we're just doing what we do and we're getting paid extra for it. And we're going to be in a movie. And if it fails, it's all going to go on uh, David Arquette and the writers, know, the writers and, and all that. So it's like this is basically the ultimate we've got nothing to lose. <laughs> yeah. This is the ultimate, or is it we got nothing to lose? It's like we're doing what we do best, and it doesn't matter if the movie makes $80 million or $12 million. It's like we, 
we're just doing what we do and we have absolutely uh, you know zero zero input on whether it, it you know it, it's not going to affect us at all and that's just a great feeling to have if you enter something and it's like no matter whether it succeeds or fails it doesn't affect me at all i can just do what i want that's got to be a great feeling <laughs> so they're kind of like their characters in the movie where they're just mindless drones that yes. just go and do the thing and don't have to worry about any choices or responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> like WCW that. is probably like, well, we get free advertisement. And uh, you know what? When all the wrestling things are happening, just just let us handle that. We, we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, being the director on this would have been interesting. If you're not <laughs> from the wrestling world, it's like, okay, and... Okay, Bill, what do you want to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you you just well, camera's gonna be over here on you. Just do the thing <laughs> and action. Yeah. What about well, you? I've got, I've got two of them. Uh, or is it the wrestling movie for wrestling fans that did not help at all? <laughs> because <laughs> the good guys of this movie were wrestling fans but they were idiots and they believed it was real and they defended it against people who said it was fake <laughs> now everybody else was a complete and total over-the-top caricature you know the the store clerk the police yeah um you know everybody that they come into contact with that is against them but it still didn't help <laughs> it didn't make wrestling fans look better you know what i mean that's all i'm saying yeah, that, I think the only one line that might have was at the end when he's like, when Joe Pants' thing that I made no. wrestling, and he's like, no, the fans made wrestling. No, that's so pandering. Yeah. It's so pandering. I cringed when I watched it here, and I must have cringed back when I first watched it. <laughs> no, you did make wrestling. We made wrestling. I'm like, look, don't, don't lump me in with you, okay? <laughs> you, you just... You just take you and go over there and make your, your okay, it's still real to you, damn it. Okay, I got it. Um, <clears throat> and this is more for the wrestling fans, but or is it only about the 12th worst thing WCW produced in 2000? So, oh. WCW in 2000, it was bad. Um, so... That's about it for Ready to Rumble. Scott, where are you going to be? Uh, I'll be working at uh, at Comedy Sports, so check it out at ComedySportsHouston.com. And that's where I'll be when this when this podcast drops. Okay. And your other podcast, your Which is More Gooder, that we appear on? Yes. Um, uh, so take a – right now, the current episode out on Which is More Gooder, it's a Futurama and Family Guy Star Trek-based so that's going to pretty much do it for Ready to Rumble. I'm Derek. I mean, Mark. I'm Scott. Join us next time. We'll take a look at the controversial adult film that sees one man rescuing sexy girls from Nazi from Nazi occupied Poland. Liam Nielength stars in Schindler's Naughty List. <laughs> <laughs>